Hey guys, this is Jesus. I want to thank the following Patreon listeners. Luca Centuris, Vandy Lim, John Perry, Matthias Pills, Rochelle Jackson, Cult of Knowledge, Ed, Matt C., and Warren Cummings. Thanks for being with us in this single moment. Welcome listeners to the Fandible.com role-playing podcast here on the Fandible Podcast Network. Today it is a small crew, the smallest that we can possibly have and still have a role-playing game podcast. Today it's just me and Billy. Yes, it's Angela and I, which makes us the Imperial Radio. Bum, bum, <laughs> bum, 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 take that rebel scum. <laughs> And perhaps fittingly, Fandible Imperial Radio is here to bring you a little Star Wars story. This is not the same story that we are telling over in the Solo Shot podcast. Today we're actually playing a game called A Single Moment. It's created by Toby Abad. And it is a game that is designed to be a samurai tale. But because Billy has yet to meet a game he can't hack into Star Wars... And when it comes to pop culture depictions of the samurai, Jedi are really close to samurai. We felt that it was a a fitting homage. So I hope, Toby, that if you listen to this, you enjoy the riff that we are putting on your game. I know you're a big fan, so I'm sure you're not going to mind, right? So to give you a quick overview of a single moment here, this is the story of two warriors, we're going to say who have come together in a single moment and they are facing each other, prepared to end each other's lives. And through flashback, we are going to reveal what brought us here. Ooh, I'm excited. It should be really fun. We are learning this game today. So please bear with us if there are any snafus or hedging as we figure out the best way to tell this story. But I'm very excited to tell the story of two Jedi. Let's hear it. What what brings us to blows? So how do we start, Angela? All right. Well, first off, clearly we start in a galaxy far away. Yes. Okay. Obviously. Thank you for clarifying that. So a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, two Jedi meet. My name is Valnev Adessa. My master was Fatim. This is my tale. Coming out of the weeds is a human male, and he says, My name is Devkati. My master was Master Fatim. This is my tale. It is a time of war in this galaxy far, far away. As the Emperor has shown his true colors and issued Order 66. We stand upon a forgotten battlefield on top of a forgotten wreckage of of a Republic cruiser that crashed long ago on this planet that no one has stood on for quite some time. A perfect hiding spot, but now is the perfect time for a fight to be had. It has taken us days to come to this single moment, struggling through battle to survive to defeat our enemies, and be faced with perhaps just one left. This story is a story about there not being passion, but there is serenity. On this battlefield, the two Jedi stand, lightsabers drawn, ready to fight. 
But in the single moment, they remember what brought them here. So going into chapter one, I'm going to choose one of our virtues, but for this session, we have replaced the seven virtues of Bushido with the six precepts of the Jedi Order. And mind you, we had to add a sixth line of the Jedi, which is a little bit of canon uh, lore for our Star Wars Old Republic fans. So we, we have a sixth line that we've, we're taking from Expanded Universe. So I'm going to draw a precept. I'm going to declare the focus of this chapter and set the scene. In this chapter, there is no contemplation. There is duty. And this is off the uh, sixth line Jedi, which were a militant group of Jedi back during the Old Republic. I remember when we were younglings and we still trusted each other. Training side by side in the Jedi Temple. No fear in us. It's sunset on Coruscant as we are on a balcony in the Jedi Temple after a long day. Dev, uh, it was a, a rough day. Uh, what do you think the, the masters thought? Oh, who knows what they're always thinking. They are very confusing. They're always going on and about. No fear, no anger. They want us to be droids. But it's, it's for the best. I'm not saying it's not for the best. Dev hops up on the balcony and uh, precariously balances himself there, dangling several hundred stories above the Coruscant ground. Dev, be careful! I have no fear, he says as he spins on his heel and smiles at her before continuously uh, walking along the balcony. You have more fear than I. You're always questioning what the... I don't have fear. Well, I, don't, I don't question. Well, why are you always questioning what the masters are thinking? You're always wondering which one is going to uh, select you. You're, you're funny like that. I just... I'm, I'm anxious for what lies ahead, and I just want to be best positioned. You're always planning. You need to live in the moment. Open yourself up to the living force. That is what they teach me on my planet. Uh, my people, uh, we believe that the force is everywhere. It is uh, through the world. And to, to try to plan ahead is like trying to guess where the ripples go on the water. It does not work so well. You should just trust in the force like I am trusting now, I say as I kind of lean back, the wind whipping my braid a little bit, and I kind of lose balance for a brief second before I catch myself, and I smile, and then I hop off the balcony, and right next to you. So I feel like I was presented with a choice there to either accept you saying that I am fearful and questioning. Mm -hmm. You say you are always trying to plan in the future, and I'm saying you should live in the moment. What's your choice? Do you believe in me? Do you trust my think? Or do you keep your belief? You're right. I, I should... I, I, sh I, I need to stop questioning. Absolutely. Trust in the Force and trust in the Masters. They will know where to uh, guide us next. And then who knows? Monday, the Force will be whispering in our ears all its secrets. So I'm... Because you won that conflict, basically. That debate... I give myself a token. Great. So what are you doing tonight? What am I doing tonight? Everything is... Uh, <laughs> I am listening to the Force and waiting it for it to tell me what it wants me to do. Uh, most likely, it's going to be peeling tubers. <laughs> because one of the Masters... Uh, that is one of the favorite assignments for me. But we are also taught 
that we should not be sitting in contemplation. If you're just waiting for the force to speak to you, that's not taking action either. Well, maybe I'm not waiting for the force to speak to me. Maybe I'm waiting for you to speak. What is it that you want to do tonight? Uh, I, well, I usually uh, go to the library to study more. The library? Yes. Uh, That sounds exciting enough. Or, you know, I hear uh, whispers. Uh, Near the library, there is a long hallway. And sometimes uh, first-year Jedi Knights and and Padawans of advanced training, they walk in the hallway, but they do not exit on either end. They claim that there is a hidden elevator somewhere along the hallway. I mean, I haven't been able to find it, but maybe you and I could find it, yes? <laughs> I know what you're referencing. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. Unless you're afraid, Miss... I'm not afraid. Of course, of course, unless you're afraid Master Adonan will catch you and yell at you and tell you back to the library. I'm not afraid. Then I say, let's go and have a little bit of adventure. Yes? Okay. All right. He slaps her on the shoulder before gripping it and, like, pulling her off Ah. uh, the balcony and heading uh, into the temple, deeper into the temple, to continue their search. What do we do if one of the masters sees us? Uh, What do we say? We say we're looking for a a hidden entrance. They'd probably find it hilarious that we have uh, fallen for such a trick. But, well, I mean, that, that is the truth, which is something that we strive for, but... I, I don't know if they would appreciate the joke. Master Fatim does not seem like he has a, a strong sense of humor. Now, Master Fatim doesn't seem like he has a strong sense in wanting to choose who will be his Padawan. If we're not so lucky, we'll in- both end up following that man in every boring lesson he teaches. Master Fatim is very, very wise. He is very wise, which is why he is very particular on which Padawan he picks. You'll know he is over... 200 years old, I hear. He has only ever chosen six Padawans, and each time, there are two Padawans each. Jedis usually only have one Padawan, but nope, he believes in doubles. Knowing my luck, I'll be stuck with Havok. Havok and me traveling with a team. That'll be delightful. Or maybe he'll pick you, and you'll follow uh, Baylor. You and Baylor will be Padawans together. Spending many nights in the library studying under Fatim's lesson. Stop it! And Valnev pushes Dev into the wall. <laughs> I kid, I kid, I kid. It's not funny. Oh, okay. I understand. You and Baylor's tr- uh, feelings for each other. It's, uh, uh, it is to be Stop kept. it! I-, I am stopping it. I am stopping it. I am sorry. I am sorry. Give you a choice token since you backed off. He grins as he continues to lead. Val through the hallways, occasionally stopping their squabbling or teasing whenever a master or even a knight would walk by. So what does a secret door look like? uh, We get to the hallway and I kind of peek out and the hall is just a hall. There's no real decorations. There's some busts and stuff of old Jedi and whatnot, but there's no doors or like banners. And my character just goes up and starts pressing against walls, knocking against them. But each each wall just sounds like a wall. I do not know, but I, I, the, the, I have been told by the Padawans that the, uh, the, the knights 
and uh, the, the, the many others, they come into this hallway, but they did not exit that way or that way, which means there must be a place here, he says as he presses his hand against the wall, or kind of punches it, and then just yips as in pain. Ah, I thought that'd work. I heard the force calling to me then. Oh. Dev. Valnev. And the two younglings turn around to see Master Fatim. What does Master Fatim look like, Billy? Master Fatim, he is a incredibly, you would almost describe him as weak-looking Bothan. His hair is gray, his eyes are milky, he has wrinkles upon his snout, and he's actually starting to bald in a few places along his neckline, oddly enough. And he's constantly leaning against an old wooden cane. And even for Bothan standards, he's small. People actually call him, behind his back, of course, uh, Fuzzy Yoda. <laughs> Which, of course, no, I'm sure he's heard uh, and probably not liked, but that's kind of what we get from him. He's a Bothan, pretty short, incredibly old, and also leans on a cane. What are the two of you doing here? Uh, we were look, um Dev Bravado kind of falters at this moment. Val and me were just uh, examining the busts. We were... Busts. We were looking at the busts. The the Jedi busts. Fatim looks between the two younglings. And Val had spoke up trying to put in the story, but Dev got to it first. The busts, you say? Yes. Yes. And Fatim walks over to one of the the busts and reaches up because the the bust is eye level with a a human. So obviously it's a bit over Fatim's head. But reaches up and just runs a finger along the base of the bust. And his hand comes away dusty. Hmm, he says, rubbing his fingers. Well, I suppose if two younglings are so interested in these busts, perhaps you could be troubled to clean them for us. Uh, Okay, Valnev says. Uh, Of course, Master Fatim, whatever the first wishes upon us. Very good. It is a good sign that the two of you can perform your duty, even when obviously there are other secrets you would prefer to be exploring. And Master Fatim reaches in a pocket and happens to be carrying dust rags with him and throws them at each of you. Dev snatches his out of the air, uh, his expression souring, and as Fatim moves off, the clink of his cane against the floor, growing softer and softer, Dev shoots a glance towards Val. Oh, Joy, perhaps we should have gone to the library anyways. And he starts... Going about dusting at the busts. I told you it was a bad idea to come this way. We had no choice in the matter. The force willed us here, and here we are. And as Val is putting her elbow into polishing one of the, the busts, force didn't will us here, you willed us here. Yeah, and we as younglings, as what, 13, 14-year-olds, uh, we go about scrubbing this thing left to right, up and down, for a good solid hour, occasionally teasing each other until we finally get to the last statue. Did you find a door? No, I've been looking. What about you? No, 
But I don't know what a secret door looks like anyway. <laughs> what? You have dust on your uh, on your nose. Hey, well, you've got dust on your your neck. And she starts rubbing at her nose. She starts rubbing at her nose. He he steps forward. He's like, I got it. And he leans forward and he's going to scrub at her at her face. Get rid of the dust with his thing. And then there's a pause. And then Dev's going to lean forward to kiss her. And uh, Valnev is having none of that. She pushes Dev away immediately. What was that? Nothing. It was nothing. It was the force. Um, it was nothing. You can't always just roll back on the force. Uh, my civilization has been doing that for many years. It's absolutely we can. It's it's the reason that all good and bad things. We're happen. not here for our si- previous civilizations. We're here to be Jedi. It was nothing. Let it go. Fine. Just don't do it again. It was nothing. I didn't do anything. I just well, don't tr- not do it. I don't. Whatever. Why are you getting so caught up in this? Because we are here to perform a duty to the galaxy, and part of that duty is no attachments. Not to our past civilizations, and not anything like that with each other. Anything like what? Nothing. And and no attachments to our past civilizations, just because you were born without a civilization. Or hey! Co- hey, what? I... D- what, do you never question who your mama is, your papa is? No. Why not? Because that is not what we're here to do. That is the problem with you, Templeborn. You've never been outside these walls. The first thing you remember is being brought up, probably raised in the temple. Me? I, I at least remember some of a mother who loved me, a dad who loved me. A sister. But you... No, no, all you know is duty and and, and rules and, and, and following not what the Force says, but following what they say and what's written all over. And don't break the rules, don't do anything fun. You have a sister? Had a sister. The Jedi find me after a very particularly bad quake on my planet. My father survived with me. My mother. Um, we have a way on my civilization. When there is a quick, the father take one kid to the side of the building. The mother take the other kid to the other side. The idea is separate everyone so some survive. The force willed my father to to go the way the building did not collapse. So that is that. <laughs> I think that was a choice to give uh, to yeah. re- tell you about my sister. Mm-hmm. So, so you get a point. Yes. Or, yeah, you get one. And we got one more. Will you tell me more about your planet? Dev pauses for a second before looking over his shoulder. And he shoots her a, a, a wry grin before saying, I would, but I'm afraid you'd be too attached by then. And with one last swipe, finishing off the dusting, he is throwing the rag over his shoulder, and he is just marching away. Okay. How'd that go? Good. So, all right. Uh, eventually, the scene's focus will reach a climactic point directly about the focus of the chapter and will require a resolution. This should come after all seven choice tokens have been assigned. At this point, both players grab their choice tokens and replace them with an equal number of dice. Three dice. 
Both players can choose to add extra dice to their roll. Each die they want to add, they earn a scar. Um, and then both players decide which samurai represented the key virtue best in the chapter. That samurai also has two extra dice to roll. Oh, it's if you're going by no contemplation duty, it's absolutely you. So as you walk away, we're both going to roll our dice, and whoever has the higher total is going to get to narrate how this scene actually ends. All right, I'm going to uh, take two. I'm going to take two scars. Okay. And this is just for later. I have to keep these no matter what, right? Yes. Cool. But that gives you two extra dice. Dice. And we just count whoever has the highest number. Yeah, you add them all together. I think twenty-four. Twenty-three. Okay. So yeah. I get to I get to finish. I get to yeah. say the final word. Yes. As he's walking away, he turns on his heels and walks backwards and, and flashes a, a, a wry smile. And he says, you're very pretty when you follow the rules. And he gives her a, a wink, probably something he learned from his father. And he turns back away, leaving a either annoyed or blushing 14-year-old girl. Okay. So, Billy, since you are victorious in this chapter, you gain edges equal to the number of choice tokens you had in this chapter. Three. So you get three choice tokens. I gain hatred tokens equal to the number of edges the victorious player earned. You got three hates. Plus one for every die she rolled that was above three. Damn, you hate me. (laughs) So that brings me up to seven. Damn. uh, Hatred. So we're going to need more hate die. Oh, but these are for scars. I got two scars and three edge. So chapter two. You are the active player. And I should also note that in that scene, I was establishing the coveted character, which was obviously Master Fatim. We both want to be chosen by Master Fatim. So you get to choose a virtue for our next scene. There is no chaos. There is harmony. And you can choose either the second or third key focus, as I've chosen the first already. So it's a shot back to the present where my character says, I remember, I remember your promise to me that you will be there to make sure I do not die alone. And now what is our scene? From bubbly, bashful and annoying younglings to Padawans to soldiers. Years have passed and the scene starts off with a pair of Padawans running desperately across a broken battlefield as they dive forward, a large explosion happening behind them from a droid turret. They crash down into the trench before kind of pressing their backs against the wall, gasping heavily, and Dev looks down and clutches at his side. Uh, a blaster wound is, is there, and he definitely looks like he is not doing so well. They gasp for a few seconds before he kind of Lends out a, a wince and falls forward and presses his arm against Val's shoulder, trying to keep himself up. I've got you, come on! I don't know if I can continue. The droids are going to continue to press their advance. Fatim... <clears throat> Fatim said we needed, to, we needed to hold this plateau, or the battle is going to be lost. <clears throat> so long as we are together, we can make it. <laughs> you have always been so idealistic. I hated that about you. 
It's not about ideals. It is about following the code. In times of crisis, it's more important than ever. (laughs) We ignore the chaos that is around us and embrace the harmony between us. And there's an explosion overhead and we see a couple of Republic soldiers run by as they start aiming. Uh, They hop into the trench, aim over us and start firing away. Yes, the harmony. Can't you just feel it? Come this way. And she's going to pull you a little deeper down the the trench into a a little inlet that has been carved out of it, probably by a bomb at some point. Let me see what happened. Yep. He's actually going to uh, follow her. He's going to take her advice and he kind of falls down, leans back and uh, helps her open up his robes to show what looks like. It actually is not a blaster wound that got him. There was an explosion of a droid nearby, and it looks like a scrap of metal went into him, and there's a hulk of burning metal just kind of stuck there like a dagger. But since I went uh, with you, I think that's a choice. You So that's yours? So you, since you went along with me, that choice favored me giving you the oh. choice token. Cool. <laughs> it's not that bad. Oh, not so bad. Uh, it feels so good, too. Okay, just... I need you to to focus within and take a deep breath. And on the count of three, one, and she pulls it out. <sighs> immediately putting pressure back on your wound. Math has never been your strong point. It's a strategy. Yes, strategy. You should have known it was going was happening anyway. That's why we were both chosen by Master Fatim, because we work so well together. That or he's just really bad at making choices. Well, he's been really bad at making choices for 200 years, as you noted, and it's worked out okay for him so far. What planet are we on? Does it matter? No. That's the thing, Val. It stopped mattering five planets ago. We just keep on going to different planets, fighting droids, Stop fighting talking. separatists. Stop just, just stay calm. This is, this is the, the, the pain talking. I am calm. I just... She pulls out, she has a, a little field medical kit. She uh, pulls out a back to patch and slaps it on your wound. Ah. See? See? It, just give it a moment to work. Okay. Another explosion arcs overhead. It's all right. It's okay. Just breathe. Okay? Breathe with me. In and out. Val. Yeah, Dev? I lied. My dad. He did not survive the quick. My parents, they grabbed my sister. They could not come to me. And the building came on all of us. And there I was buried, and I was so sure I would just die alone, without anybody, unlike my sister who had Papa and Mama. (laughs) That's what scares me the most. Not about dying, it's about dying alone. I don't know why you're talking about dying right now. You're fine. (laughs) Yeah, but we still have to get... To that droid command center, and I am at at least 40% of my abilities. I am better used as the distraction as you sneak in to shut down their force field generator. I'm not going to use you as bait. Oh, come now. You've called me worse. That was very different circumstances. (laughs) 
It's strategic, as you said. Strategy. I will lead the remaining Republic Forces squadron that we have here that way. Calls all the attention on us, and you can sleep through the mud. Sneak to the Fortfield Generator, into their camp, disable whatever sentries they may have, and get the force field down. That is what Fatim sent us to do. To hold this plateau, but to get that force field down so we can get the reinforcements. I'm not going to leave you here in the mud. You won't. You will lead me to allow me to run and cause a distraction. It is strategy, as you said. Listen to that harmony. You know it's true. Fine. Just be careful. He stands up uh, before reaching into a pack and he pulls out a thermal detonator and he offers it to you. You might need this more than I. Take it. Fine. She takes it. As we start making our way towards that squadron of Republic troopers to tell them our plan, uh, we suddenly hear something over the, the communicator. Uh, it's a broken up transmission. Uh, uh, mayday! Mayday! We're going down! We're going down! And suddenly overhead, it looks like a Jedi starfighter. Meaning a Jedi is piloting it. And how we got past the planetary shield, we do not know. But he is desperately trying to wrestle control of the, 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 the starfighter. But it seems to be failing. And in the distance, we see a crash occur in a mountain. And the radio goes silent before finally it crackles up again uh, a much weaker voice mayday mayday this is this is bad i want makiv <sighs> and dev shoots val look the mission's changed. You need to go to the padawan we cannot go to the padawan we have to get the force field down the Padawan knew what he was getting into when we started this war. It's a Padawan, Dev. He's probably not going to make it. Sir, ma'am, we look here from behind us as these troopers are waiting for our decisions. And Val looks at Dev again and starts issuing, uh, she, she goes to issue orders to the, the soldiers. I, you two, run that direction you need to distract those droids. The other of you needs to get those shield generators down. We'll go see to the pilot. Dev, he walks forward and snatches the thermal detonator out of Val's hand and tosses it towards the troopers who are going to be causing this distraction. Excuse me, uh, sir. You two soldiers who are going to be the wonderful distraction. What are your names, sir? And names. I know that you clone troopers give each other names. Stevens. Rubio. And Dev nods his head. And that's when the the operation starts. The two soldiers hop into like the lone tank that's still kind of firing and they're moving forward to cause as much of the distractions as can as a couple of the other troopers are going to try to sneak through. I think you, there was obviously a choice and it went in my favor. So you get to keep a choice token. As they roll off. Uh, another shelling happens and we kind of duck down for a second, kind of getting really close to each other. And my character mumbles, it's a sad thing when the Jedi realizes that the three names that he heard in the last two minutes, most likely only one will come out of it alive. It's not being such a pessimist. Let's go. It's not pessimism. It's harmony. 
And he stands up and yeah, we're going to head off towards the Padawan, the, the downed uh, across the battlefield towards that mountain in the distance. It's probably like an hour of just heavy running and it's probably a little bit longer because Dev is wounded. But he's following along, occasionally activating the, their blades to fight the droids that are also there to investigate the crash. We have to get there before the droids do. Better, easier said than done, he says as he slices through a, a Drudeka as it rolls up in front of him. And uh, he they continue to run at a quickened pace, probably helped by the force, uh, going through trees along cliff sides, whatever they can to get to this mountain. And finally, they get to an area where they look up and they see that there are two ways to get to the Starfighter. Dangerous ways climbing up the, the cliff face where the Starfighter is kind of embedded. The safer way, but longer, would be going up the cliff's path. We should go up the path. We don't got time. We have already would be lucky if to get to him in time if we go up the cliff now. But your your wound. Yeah, and the Padawan is wounded too, but you seem more concerned about that than me. And that brings Val up short. Dev, that's not what this is about. He waves her off, shaking his head. The Padawan, he's not going to survive long, and if he gets taken by the Separatists, you know Padawans do not usually return. How long ago was Turamain taken? Okay, up. You climb first. I'll be behind you. Enjoy the view. And yeah, he's going to start climbing. Yeah, you chose to follow my lead. Yes. So yeah, he's going to uh, start climbing up uh, the best of his ability, though occasionally the rock face is uh, almost non-existent when you get to like, how do we climb? So they have to actually start like using their lightsaber to cut in low areas for them to climb. But it does get them up there in time. They reach the top. Uh, Dev holding out a hand to uh, help Val up, and as he pulls her up, they look towards the crash, and they move towards it, kind of keeping an eye out for any signs of droids, drones. It's quiet up here. That is either really good or really bad. And suddenly, coming out of the brush is just droids after droids, uh, battle droids, just coming out, some of them with turbo cannons, some of them just with blasters, and Dev and Val have to raise up their lightsabers start and start deflecting. And they're kind of being pushed back towards the cliff. We need to change the tide here, Dev. Yeah, yeah, we have to either retreat now, or we have to make a run for the Padawan. And Val looks behind her at that sheer cliff face. Retreat isn't an option. Let the force carry us both. And with that, he is charging with her. And they're slicing through these droids, spinning, sending ripples of force or just random rocks and tree branches into these droids, completely wrecking them. But the droids just keep on coming and they get to the Padawan's uh, starfighter. It kind of a smoking mess. And with a slice of his lightsaber, Dev cuts open the uh, cockpit door and Val kicks it open to find. And this is the victim of... If you want it to be the victim. It would either be the victim or the catalyst. Yeah. And so um, the catalyst would be the reason the single moment comes to pass. The victim is the one who suffers the tragedy, which one of the samurai could not stop. Only to find a Padawan dead. And then just as Dev stands there, his face grown ashen uh, over the radio, the familiar voice of every clone trooper, but you know it's Stevens and Rubia. They say, sir, we're surrounded. We're surrounded. And suddenly there's a 
large explosion. And Dev grinds his teeth and then just dives towards the uh, nearest cluster of droids, uh, giving into some rage as he slices through them, angered that everyone died. The, the Padawan, the two troopers, most likely the troopers there, there to bring down the force field, everyone's dead because he followed you. And he's just slicing through these droids, letting out uh, a scream, a bellow of rage. Dev, no! Nope. He's going to keep on raging. Yep. And the good part is there's no more droids after about 10 minutes of fighting. But it does li- end with Dev... Standing there, like just staring out towards just this battlefield that is in the valley underneath them, gasping in anger. All right, let's roll for the climax. So as many dice as you have choice tokens, um, I think you aligned with the key virtue as you were embracing chaos, like, whoa. There is no chaos, though. But it was still playing off of the idea. Oh, yeah. Because if loyal, you know, you can be disloyal, but still play off the virtue of loyalty. Right, okay, I gotcha, yeah. And I'm going to take two scars to give me two more dice. Fifteen. Twenty. So you are, once again, victorious. And that gives me what? So it gives me four edges. edges equal to the number of choice tokens you had in the chapter. Four. And you get to narrate, I... Gain hatred equal to the number of edges. Dang. This is not looking good for us. One, two, three. Plus a number of dice that I rolled above three, which is only one. Dev stares down at the valley as he watches the droids just move over the remaining forces of the Republic soldiers, the clone troopers, even some of the Jedi. And he finally just says, we never got the force field down. And he's... Finally falls to his knees as he just watches people die. And he says, and there they are. You know, they're so close together, but they're all dying alone. And Val gets crouches down next to Dev. I promise, Dev. He will not die alone. And then, this is a pretty good third chapter. Our Virtue. There is no death. There is the force. And our focus is the moment you cross to the line. Me? <laughs> what? Or you? Oh, no, it is me. Well, oh, no. yeah, it's, it's you. Okay. Back on the battlefield with the two Jedi facing off against each other, Val says, I remember what you did that began all of this. And we go back to... Two days ago, when we first landed on this planet, again, a planet that neither of us knew the name of. We don't know if any sentient being has ever set foot on it in this vast, vast galaxy. We needed to land. We were running out of fuel, and the Emperor's forces were fast behind us. We need to uh, uh, find cover, find some place to hide, Val is saying as she's getting out of the, the starfighter, throwing off her helmet and making sure she has her gear before she runs into the underbrush. Dev, he kind of follows you out of the uh, starfighter as well. It's one of those starfighters where there's two seats, one for the back, one for the front. And he lands 
looks around before mumbling, Oh, the places you bring me. This isn't the time for jokes. There's always time for jokes. Our entire livelihood is one big giant joke. Just, let's let's get into the, the jungle here. The good news is most of the other crashes scattered around will hide us for a little while from that, he says as he points up, and there's a Republican ship kind of far in the distance hovering in the atmosphere. And he grabs a couple of survival packs, tosses one towards you, throws it over his shoulder, and he's following you into the jungle. You're following me. You get the choice token. Val leads the way into the jungle, sometimes having to climb over some of these wrecks that you've mentioned. Uh, they're just too large to walk around. What's happening? What, what was that? We heard it over the radio. And What, what do you think happened to, to Master Kenobi? I do not know. All we got from the communication was that the troopers are not to be trusted, which, by the way, the most obvious thing I've ever seen. I knew they weren't supposed to be trusted when they started shooting at us instead of the separatists. Something about Palpatine winning, I don't know. I did not get the full message. I didn't understand what I was hearing at all. No one did. And Dev kind of frowns before the guy looking away. It is... um we did our best. We, we, we sent out the message, the fragments. We good to fragment to those that are in the outer rim. Hopefully they'll get it before they get close to the temple and not catch the eye of these. He points up towards the Republic shuttles that are now kind of descending as the troops are clearly la- uh, going to start landing soon. Away from us. They don't know where we're at, but they're clearly starting to send squadrons to the ground. Do you think others are here or... Is all of that just for us? Well, I do not know. Just all this attention for the two of us. I feel like the luckiest princess in the ball. Didn't take you for a, a royalist. Well, what can I say? When you feel pretty, you feel pretty. We we need to come up with a game plan. There's a cave not too far away that looks like we could push some brush in front of it, maybe some of the wreckage, and they will give us time to rest and come up with a plan, something that you're so keen on doing. A plan? We need to contact Master Fatim? Uh, yes. Yes. He kind of lowers his gaze briefly before nodding his head. You don't think that we're just letting ourselves be... be, If there's no exit to that cave, aren't we just making ourselves sitting Gungans? No, of course not. We don't have those really ridiculous accents. We'll be fine. We need to rest. We've been flying in that thing for the past 28 hours. And most of that has been dogfighting. I am exhausted. You're right. You're right. Let's go. And I give myself a choice token as Val leads the way to the the cave. It's a small cave. Neither of us can even stand up straight in it. If Master Fatim were here, it'd be just the right size for him. And it's almost less of a cave and more of an outcropping has we're beneath an outcropping so uh, it goes in for a couple of meters you know we there'd be space for both of us to lie down and still be obscured from above and on the the sides it's there's some crumbled rocks on the sides but mostly it's covered by crawling vines i i don't think we should make a fire no 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 that we'd Attract too much attention. We just have to rely on the glow sticks, I say, as I crack open one of the glow sticks and throw it on the ground. Dev falls to the ground, leans back. His 
hand going to his old wound injury. It's, it, you know, Bacta can only do so much, but there is still some lingering issues with that area. Some torn nerve endings that never quite healed. You know, he's 99% ready to go, but still a little bit off. And he leans back against the wall and closes his eyes briefly for a second before adding, Do you want to take first watch or second watch? I can I can go first. I can go first. No, it's okay. I've got it. I got it. You know, you've been flying most of the time. I'll take it. Trust me, I'll be fine. Okay. Okay. And yeah, Dev is going to be watching the front of the cave. Val curls up at the in the the back of the cave. She's using her survival pack as a, a makeshift pillow as she she drifts off quite quickly, just exhaustion overtaking her. Dev, while you are sitting watch, you can hear the Republic shuttles overhead. You can hear trooper footsteps in the distance. No one is quite coming close to the cave. After an hour of making sure you're sleeping, as I hear troopers, not too close, but close enough that I can hear them, their communicators, Dev stands up, walks to the front of the cave, holds out a hand, and some of the wreckage is pushed aside, and he slips through. And he's walking towards the troopers. The troopers are in a standard search pattern. You have recognized this from training that you have done. They're in pairs. Each are sweeping an arc of the jungle before them with their blasters ready. And as soon as you step out, four of them all turn towards you who are in this area. Uh, He walks forward, holds up a hand. I've done my part to Palpatine. This is where Master Fatim is to meet us. The agreement was Val and I would get to go and live free. And he gives him the co- a set of coordinates towards uh, where the landing zone. The landing zone that we never quite made uh, because we were shot down. And he walks over and takes a seat on a fallen log. And he looks towards the troopers who seem rather perplexed. And he's like, call it in. He releases some numbers, which is a cipher that... Is basically uh, showing that this is all authentic uh, dealings. And that's going to go in your favor, so I get the token. As three of the troopers keep their blasters focused on you while the fourth one calls it in, and you hear some quiet back and forth across their communicators before that clone trooper looks to the others and nods, giving the command to let you go he stands up as the stormtroopers move away from the cave kind of watches them and then he just turns around when you get back to the cave val is just waking up did you go somewhere just to check for water he says as he reaches in he grabs like a water skin and offers it to her what did you see they seem to be heading out far away i'm afraid that master fatim They seem to know exactly where his shuttle is going to be landing. They seem to be converging on that area. Val sits up straight. Well, then we need to stop them. We can't stop them. Or we need to warn Master Fatim. If they're going in that direction, we can get back to the fighter. We can send a message, tell him to abort. The fighter is destroyed. It's not space-worthy anymore. We are not going to make it on the time. Fatim, the Jedi, all of them, they're just lost. We lost, but the only difference is we at least know that we lost. And now we can just stay and hide and hope that in the shuffle, we aren't picked up like the rest of them. 
Why are you giving up? I'm not giving up. I am being guided by the force. How many more times do we have to hear a name and just let it die out in the wind? Stevens, Rubia, Makiv, Corin, Maktau, Tirvo, friends, Padawans, to fight in a war that we don't even care about anymore. Fighting toys! And after which, after which, we are just being tossed aside by the Republic. Why not just move away from this mess? Why not stop living in the temple? Be yourselves. Get away from all this disaster. We don't do any of those things. Because we are guided by a higher force. A force that tells us that we do not give in to our passions, and in return we are granted the serenity to keep moving forward and to look out for those that continue. The people that you, you named, yes, they are gone. But you know as well as I do that there is no death they have rejoined the living force. They are part of the living force. And that makes their families feel better at night. Oh, that's right. They don't have families because they're just clones. You don't have a family. No, Val, that's what the thing you never understood. I do have a family. You are my family. And I will do anything in the galaxy to keep my only family alive. I have lost one family, and I will sacrifice the galaxy to never lose another. I'm going to give you a choice token because Val is not swayed by your argument, and she pushes past you. If you won't do what's right for Master Fatim, then I will. And she marches out into the jungle. A telekinetic wave slams into her back, and he's trying to send her right into the wall. It does so. I'll take the token. And the wind is knocked out of Val as she hits the wall and slumps down. You don't hold her against there. You just knocked her back against it, and she slumps down to the ground. And as she rolls onto her back, suddenly there's a boot on her chest, and there's a lightsaber just a few inches away from her face. This is what you do to family? No. I sacrifice everything for family. And with that, pulls out his radio clicks on a frequency, and suddenly he's listening to the clone troopers talk. And they're like, we're approaching. We see the shuttle now, sir. What are you doing? How do you have that? I made a deal that will keep you safe. And despite all of her high-minded Jedi talk of, of forsaking emotions, forsaking passion, that's a bit much for Val. And she is going to also generate, you know, draw upon the force and force push you off of her. Yeah, I'm going to let you have it. Uh, my character, not expecting such a strong push, is thrown off of her slamming painfully against the side of the wall, knocking himself out. And now she is free. She knows where the clone troopers are converging on Fatim's coordinates. All right. Let's and my character is unconscious. Let's do our final roll. So I, maybe not unconscious yet. My character lays there, unmoving. Let's do our roll. Uh, all right. So our virtue was there is no death. There is the force. Did one of us embody that more than the other? I it's think you kind of like you were saying, no. Yeah. Your My thing was I believed in death and you believed that, no, there is no death. There is the force. They, they moved on for a higher purpose. 
I would give it to you. All right. I'll take two scars. Mark down your scars. 21. 22. Jeez. All right. So you gain edges equal to the number of choice tokens you have. I have so many edges. Yeah. Well, I gain uh, plenty of hatred. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, five, ten, fifteen. I have nineteen hatred. Wow! So I get the, so the, yeah. You, since you're victorious, you get to narrate how this chapter ends. It's a shot of someone moving briskly through the forest, trying to get towards the coordinates where Fatim's shuttle is landing. And overhead, you actually see Fatim is his shuttle flies overhead, and you know he thinks he's undetected. He's here probably to pick up his Padawans and get the hell out of here, even though he has to sneak through the Republic forces to get here. But he's not going to abandon you guys. And you get to a clearing where he's his ship is starting to touch down. And suddenly you feel a force rip you back and slam you against a tree and standing behind you is Dev. And he holds you, pins you there for a second as you struggle and then you see the door of the shuttle open up and Fatim waddles out uh, on his cane, looking very worse for wear. And there's just a pause that suddenly he just gets a sense of everything. And he looks around and he spots first you being pinned against a wall by the force. Then his eyes travel to Dev and Dev is just staring straight at him. Fatim kind of cants his head to the side, looks left, looks right. And then just kind of lowers his head as accepting. And that's when the clone troopers pop out of the brush and just fire into him. He deflects a few. But in the end, the only thing that overpowers maybe the sound of blaster fire is the scream from Val. All right. So we have resolved our third and final chapter, which means we now deal with hatred. Billy, do you have any hatred? No, I have nothing but love. I am the best man here. All right. So I have two options. I can either channel my anger or let go of hatred. While letting go of hatred is a very Jedi sort of move, I don't feel like that's the right move for Val's headspace right now. So I am going to instead channel my anger. It's in a final bid to transform them into edges because I have no edges right now. So I have no way of acting in the finale. So I'm going to roll my hatred and uh, hope that some of them are even. So I've got 11 total scars, 10 total edge. All right. The finale, a single moment. When all chapters are done, the story returns to the opening scene. So whoever had the most hatred acts first as the attacker. Uh, that's me. So in our fina- in our duel here, I'm going to attack first. And each exchange requires an edge dice from the attacker. The defender rolls a die for free. So we should have as many dice as we have edge. How much edge do you have? Ten. So you've got your full ten dice there. Um, it's the d6s. And each exchange from the attacker takes one edge die you get to roll against me for free. I can use up to two more edge. Like if I really want this blow to land, I can add two more. You still are rolling just one. The loser gets a scar 
on ties. Both players have locked blades and must blind bid more edge than the other in order to win the lock or get a scar. So scars are important once edges are all used up. Once the player is out of edges, the other player has an opportunity to commit a killing strike. Each remaining unspent edge translates into an automatic scar that the defender receives if the attacker wins the exchange. So if the defender has more scars than the attacker, the defender dies and is defeated. Uh, the attacker narrates how the story ends. The attacker, however, still has more scars. The defender is merely defeated. The attacker narrates how the story ends. If the attacker fails in the killing strike, the defender can attempt a sudden uh, t- turning of the tables. Cool. Yeah, okay, let's, let's do this. All right. The clone troopers eventually evacuate the planet, leaving its sole surviving inhabitants. The former Jedi partners, both who were apprenticed under Master Fatim, left to their own devices, one having betrayed the other. As they stand, face to face, lightsabers drawn, they bear the scars of many days of fighting each other, of trying to survive in a hostile environment. And it all comes down to this. Val stands there with her blade activated. It is an icy blue color, similar to the color of her eyes, as she grimaces at Dev. I never should have trusted you. And with that, she leans in, attempting to just take a direct shot at your torso with her lightsaber. All right, so I get the roll. Yes, so I'm only going to roll one of my edge dice, Mm -hmm. and whoever has the higher number wins the attack. Four. So narrate defending. Yeah, she lunges at me, and f- instead of striking uh, at the lightsaber, instead, uh, Dev throws up a hand, and a rock slams against her body, kind of hurting her balance, and her swing goes wide. And he rolls away, uh, strikes another pose, and then he's actually going to take a swipe at her hip. Attack. And you can use more edge if you want. Just one. So do we get rid of edge every time so, we use it? So yes, when you attack, you put set the dice uh, die right. aside. Um, since I I get to defend for free, so I get to keep that. Right. So I rolled a five. Val rolls out of the way as your lightsaber comes down towards her. She gets her feet back under her, crouching, and swings her lightsaber at your knees. And I'm going to add a second edge to this. And I can only defend with one, right? Yes. But you still succeed. My character, he kind of jumps up and somersaults over her before landing on the higher ground. And he looks down and says, you're giving to anger. I gave myself to anger a long time ago. It has led to hatred. And my character is going to jump down and try to slice at her. All right. And he is also, he's just going to use one. Two. He comes down on her, slicing at her, but instead of going for a killing blow across the face, the chest, whatever, he kind of uh, nicks the side of her chest exactly where he's also been wounded before by that droid explosion. And he lands, spins, and then he just points towards her once more and says, This is not you. You're angry. I understand. But you are giving yourself to darkness. That is not what I wanted. You should have thought of that before you aligned with the ultimate darkness in this galaxy. And she is going to attempt to use the force on you. 
you, you see out of your peripheral vision, it's she's not using the force on you, but in your peripheral vision, she's picked up a wing from a crashed starfighter using one edge to try to... Five. <laughs> Six. You're doing really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, my character jumps up and kind of runs along the wing and does somersaults off that and lands in a crouch. And then he's actually going to, as she throws that wing, he's actually going to kind of spin it and make it come around to hit her in the back. Ah, missed it. For once, my roll is better. As you spin the wing back around towards her, she just lifts up her lightsaber and it cuts through that wing like it was tissue paper so that it falls in two on each side of her, leaving her silhouetted for a moment between the molten, hot molten metal of the the wing that her lightsaber separated. Stop trying to quote the Jedi Code back at me, Dev. You never believed in it. You never believed in anything. And she runs at you with her lightsaber again. What? Just one die. Six. Ah, five. And she runs at you and she gets you in the exact same place where you got her. Once again, reactivating that old wound of yours he kind of spins a little bit it not your lightsaber more nicking than piercing but it definitely hurts the muscles around there and he kind of falls to a knee before saying that's not true i always believed in you and he throws out his arms trying to launch you in the air with a telekinetic blast so mark that you got a scar each time you lose you gain one scar so you got one scar yes i've already got it there four Ooh, a tie so this is where um, we blindly light. we blindly bet the number of how, yeah so like we can't reveal it to each other so hide your dice what? and then we're just going to hold up what we are betting okay ready yep oh we both picked one so we tied I throw up my hand to hit you with a telekinetic blast and you hold up your hand to hit with telekinetic blast and there's just a moment of just building energy before. When we both launch backwards, slamming into the ground, into the tree, into some wreckage, into the ground. So we have to give up what we just... Oh, yeah. yes, what we bet. Yeah. So did, But I was defending that round. But you so. still... Yeah, yeah, I was just making yeah. sure I had the right count here. As the dust clears, Val is the first to stand back up. And her blue lightsaber once again reactivates... The only thing that is visible for a moment until the dust completely clears. Stop hiding, Dev. Come out and end this. That's all we have anymore as Jedi, you hear from the darkness around you. All we can do is hide. All we have been is hiding. I'm just accepting what we have already become, a shadow of our former selves. And suddenly the lightsaber, his lightsaber blinks on, his being a green, a bright, vibrant green. And she, he, she's not so far away. And Val does a quick spin because he's on the opposite side of her body so that she can come along and try to get him in the back. Five. Five. All right. Let's blindly bet. Ready? Yep. Go. <laughs> Uh, listeners, we both bet zero. (laughs) 
So you were defending, so you don't have to set aside your oh, yeah. your die. I do have to set mine aside, but no scars for either of us. Yeah, you swing at me, and I parry, and there's a crackling of of the blades as they meet, and we kind of kind of lean forward on each other. The only thing right now illuminating our face in this dust cloud that's still just permeating the area is the glow of our lightsaber, and we're just and I just see the rage on your face, and I'm just gonna throw a knee right into your stomach. Okay. Ah. Uh, Val sees what you are trying to do and uses the leverage on her lightsaber to somersault over your head, landing behind you again in a crouch, and she's going to try to take out your knees again. Oh, do a be- do a mega hit. Do a mega hit. I will use uh, uh, my last edge to try to take you down here. Five. Four. Take a scar. So you're out of edge. I am out of edge. So the other player has an opportunity to commit a killing strike. So even though I did, my my attack was successful. I did hit your knees and you're down. You can take the, you have the first opportunity to take me out. You nick my feet as you throw everything you have into that move before you collapse to the ground. And as we both fall to the ground, suddenly my blade is against your neck. So I think you still need to make a killing strike against me, but... But then we're going to compare scars, and that declares who is defeated or killed. All right, roll. All right. So, four. And you rolled? Six. So, the attacker wins. Mm-hmm. I ended up with 12 scars. Okay. So How I- many scars did you end up with? Six. All remaining edges are added to the defender as scars. Uh, well, so they actually become my scars. So that brings you to like 13 scars. Still more than you. Uh-huh. So if the defender has more scars than the attacker, the defender dies and is defeated. The attacker narrates how the story ends. So you you succeed the, yeah. and you get narrative controls. Yeah, I take you down. Okay, great. Okay, this is what I do. Uh, he's just staring down at you before he says, You hit me. And that darkness is infecting you. You are so stubborn, you temple-born. And this is what he wanted. Palpatine. Two Jedi killing themselves. He's not going to be looking for any of us. And if both of us cannot live on this planet safely, then at least one of us will. And with that, his blade turns off. He stands up, presses it against his head. I love you, sister. You kept your promise. I do not die alone. And he activates his blade, it slicing right through him. And he just falls to his knees and slumps forward, dead. So in the epilogue, it starts with the triumphant sharing what happened directly after the end of the finale. Mm-hmm. So maybe a short summary of events that transpired or, or an overview of how the rest of the world reacts to the resolution of the duel. The triumphant is free to embellish the narrative in his favor. The defeated then adds, in the, adds to the epilogue. It is prudent that the defeated keep the narrative just as dramatic, but still favoring the triumphant. And finally, tri- the triumphant shares how the story ends. There is no burial for Dev. He's left out there as Val moves back to the cave. And for days, which become week and for which become months... Val tries to salvage whatever she can to get the spaceship spaceworthy again. But these are old, old wrecks. And she's not the best mechanic. 
in the end, those months turn into years, years into decades. And Val becomes an old woman just watching the galaxy from one planet, occasionally catching glimpses of space battles, nothing more. She does find some solace in being able to get the communicator up. So occasionally, if the stars are just right, she hears news about the Empire and the Purge, about friends that have died and those who have been captured, about the rise of Emperor Palpatine and the reveal of Darth Vader. And in a sad sort of way, Val has to admit that Dev kept her from that. Dev kept her away from the violence in the war, the war that had been plaguing their lives ever since they were just teenagers being forced to fight in the Clone Wars. And there she sits. There she lives. A lone hermit on a planet in a galaxy far away. In a way, Dev did her a favor not only in keeping Val out of the immediate violence, but when you live alone on a dead planet... There certainly is no passion left. There is serenity as Val comes to accept that she's never going to get one of the ships working again, that nobody is ever going to come looking for her, for better or worse. And as the years go on, and part of Val doesn't even remember the spoken word anymore, The communicator crackles again. Music and celebration. Something happened over this planet, Endor. Something with the Emperor. It's cause for celebration for somebody. But Val doesn't remember which side she was on. Val wakes up one morning to the sound of of engines. And she walks out, confused almost, from her hut that she's made out of scraps. And coming down from the clouds, it looks to be a saucer, maybe a whitey class. And she cans her head to the side, confused, as she just walks towards it, not afraid. And the ramp lowers for a second, and she just hears talking as she approaches. Are you sure this is the planet, kid? It looks a little bit rusty. It's fine, Han, and walking out <laughs> is first a Wookiee carrying a bowcaster who stops as he, soon as he sees Val. He raises his bowcaster, Val's hand dropping to the blades, the lightsaber blades at her belt. And then suddenly you hear behind the Wookiee, Chewbacca, Chewie, stop, it's fine. Walking around her is a, is a young man, and he just kind of stares at you in wonder and says, we've been going through old reports about old missions during the purge and you're a jedi i'm luke skywalker and i've been searching for someone like you for a long time i thought that was cool it's a weird game but a very fun game yeah like it's it's what i like it's it's complicated when you first started out i feel because uh, there's just a lot of rules. But now I feel comfortable. It's like if we ever need to kind of do this kind of game again where everybody ditches because they're jerks, uh, we can easily pick this game and say, oh, this takes place in Camelot or this takes place in the Cyberpunk or this takes place 
as samurai. Um, I thought this was very cool. I really enjoyed this quite a bit. I think it certainly helps uh, since Billy and I have no experience with this game before, but Billy and I obviously are very uh, adept at playing games with just the two of us. So as you know, the, the, the rules say that whoever is the active player is the one that makes kind of final decisions and, and hands out these choice tokens. Whereas because we're on the same wavelength, Billy and I are just kind of taking tokens back and forth as we are getting more into the system that it's like we don't need to interrupt to say like that was a choice that was in your benefit so here's where the token goes or just like yeah that's for me yeah no that it, I, I liked it so this is if you guys are looking for a uh, a game a two-player game is gmless definitely give i'm and i'm surprised i'm uh, i don't I, for a person who plays uh, the solo shot where i'm the player and you're the gm you would think I'd love two-player games, but a lot of the GM-less games, two-player games, I'm not a huge fan of. But this one I actually think is very fun and actually well done. A little bit of crunch, but not so much at all that it hurts. It's just – it's, it's a large learning uh, – you, you need to learn a lot quickly. Mm-hmm. But once you get like the, the five steps, you, you got this. Yeah, I would say it's not it's not crunch because to me at least not. crunch implies like math. Okay, there is not really math in rules. this. This is – But there's – yeah, this isn't – this is a GMless game with a little bit of Heft. effort that you need to do yeah. up front. But once you've got it, and it's very flexible. We mm. played it with three chapters because mm. we have to pay a babysitter to play these games, folks. Um, so time is money. So we only played three chapters, but you could do as many chapters as you want for as many virtues as you have. Uh, there's rules in here to make it uh, – you could do like multi-generational stories. If this is a feud mm-hmm. that has gone on forever, I would love to play like the Hat- Hatfields and McCoys right. uh, in something like this. And there is – in this – uh, in the core book for a single moment, there are additional play kits. There's a rom-com. There is pulp action. Uh, there's a, a knight's. Uh, there's a knight's tale. Uh, and then I believe there are all there are also additional source books that have extra play kits. But it gives you the really quick rules for. Here's how do you come up with your own play kits, and it's basically set what your virtues are mm-hmm. for the setting that you're in. And I'm like, hmm. I know the Jedi have a code, and in fact, we even have a book about it, so that's where we grabbed our Jedi precepts from. Yeah, no, I enjoyed this. I really really had a fun time with this. So, great job, Toby Abad, and thank you to Alan Barr, who was the one who recommended we play this game. So, this was a great little find. So, if you're interested in buying this game, I think it's on DriveThruRPG. It is. Grab it. It's it's not that expensive. It's worth every penny. Uh, so, yeah, Fandible, two thumbs up on my end. What about you, Ange? Two thumbs up as well. Thank you, Cisco. Thank you, Ebert. <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And this is the Imperial Radio. <laughs> Hey, this is Angela from the Fandible Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you want to hear more, remember to go to Fandible.com. We have a long backlog of games, and at Fandible, we believe there is a game for every voice, so we know that you'll find something else enjoyable there. If you want even more of us, you can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Facebook as Fandible. And if you really want to support us, check us out on Patreon. We use the funds from there to buy new games, keep our equipment up to date, and go to cons. And you get great bonus material like early access to games or access to our private Discord where you can hang out with other Fandible fans. Either way, thanks so much for listening to this episode, and we'll see you again next week.